1: Thank you for standing by, and welcome to the Innovalis REIT Third Quarter Financial Results Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Jacqueline Jordan. Thank you. Please go ahead.
0: Everyone, thank you for taking the time to listen to the Innovalis REITs conference call for the Q3 2020 financial results. The presentation will be made by CEO David Girard and CFO Halil Hongcock. Please note that comments made during this call may contain forward-looking information within the meaning applicable to securities legislation, which reflects the REITs' current expectations regarding future events. This is based on several assumptions and subject to a number of risks and uncertainties, many of which are beyond the REITs control that could cause actual results to differ materially. Please see the REITs public filings for a discussion of these risk factors, which are included in our 2019 MD&A and Annual Information Forum, which can be found on Innovalis REITs' website and on CEDAR.
2: Thank you, uh, Jacqueline. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us uh, today. I would like to remind you first that Invalid Street is managed by Innovalis SA, a first-class European asset manager, with operation in France, Germany, and Spain, and one of the REIT's largest shareholders, together with its management. As we started getting positive news from Pfizer and Moderna about potential vaccines for the COVID-19, The long-term impact of the pandemic on European economies and our portfolio remains uncertain, but our 20-year experience in these real estate markets allows us to plan for the upcoming opportunities and foresee beyond the short to mid-term activity crunch. Our local teams have been very proactive in liaising with our tenants and lenders and secure our free cash flow amid the initial uncertainty. The resilience of our portfolio of office properties and our tenant diversity Translate in solid performance, whether in occupancy, same property NOI, or rent collection. I will, give you, I will now give you a market overview. In quarter three, 2020, the European economies recovered well after a difficult quarter two. A number of factors have stabilized as countries have adopted practices for managing in pandemic conditions. This has allowed many businesses to carry on and employment remains strong. However, the resurgence in infections in September has led to the reintroduction of containment measures in many European countries, which are expected to wait on economic activity and sentiment in the short run. It is likely that EU GDP growth will slow in the fourth quarter of 2020. GDP is now expected to decrease by 5.6% in Germany and 9.4% in France in 2020, before growing respectively back by 3.5 and 5.8 percent in 2021. By the end of 2020, the unemployment rate is expected to increase slightly in the European region to 8.3 percent from the multi-year low of 7.1 percent in March. This is primarily due to the effect on tourism, the hospitality industry, and other hard sectors. Year over year, real estate rent and investment activity have slowed in quarter three, some businesses are differing rental commitments as they cautiously consider the effects of the pandemic on their operations over the winter months. Investment activity was mostly driven by transactions that were initiated before the onset of the pandemic. Other investment seemed to be partly driven by a more optimistic approach in the second half of the year. This has been made possible by more selective, slightly more expensive but still robust lending activity from banks. Thus far, there has been no indication of pandemic-related distress selling in the Paris or German real estate office markets. Savings are growing in many European countries, and significant amounts of of investment equity are being sidelined. Budget deficits are mounting across Europe, as governments have no choice but to maintain various stimulus packages, all deemed essential to sustain growth, contain unemployment and inflation. Coming to the operations, as of September 30th, NOI for the total portfolio adjusted for E321 was 26.4 million, and we are projecting a total NOI of 35.6 million for the full year as per our initial budget. Our business operations team has worked closely with tenants to respond and normalize operations to the extent possible. They have achieved quarter two and quarter three levels of rent collection very close to the pre-COVID normal. Khalil will comment on this in more detail in a few moments. We can report to investors that due to the caliber of our tenants and the effectiveness of our rent collection, it has not been necessary to record any bad debt provision to date in 2020. Tenant retention remains strong, and also rent inquiries are less frequent than before the pandemic, slowly picking up. Weight average occupancy is currently 26.4% for the Paris asset and 92.9% for the german assets, which is only slightly lo, uh, down from Q4 2020. With respect to debt management, the REIT has negotiated deferrals on $6.3 million of its loan, mortgage and lease loan financing included in quarter 2 and to a lesser extent, these deferrals, which were primarily for properties in Paris arranged without penalty or adjustment to interest times. They have actually improved the REIT's cash position. They have updated as of September 30th and total portfolio market value amounts to $691.5 versus $691.5 million as of June 30th, when GLL performed an independent valuation of all the REIT's assets. In terms of liquidity, of September 30th, the REIT had $79 million of cash available, including $6 million from the REIT's share in joint ventures, also carrying $55 million from the REIT's last December disposals as being diluted to FFO. We are comfortable that with the present approach to preserving liquidity during the first quarter of 2020. We comment on our plans for this shortly. I also have an update on the real acquisition loan, which is winning up. Out of the initial twenty-six point eight million dollar acquisition loan uh, from the real forward sale, ninety point four million dollars was repaid on July 30th, and the remaining nine point nine million in profit participation is expected to be paid by the end of November. Finally, coming to the investment and investment investment park for business. Continuing with our initiative to streamline asset ownership arrangements, implement for performance and simplification of our reporting process. So to that end, we are proceeding with plans to buy out GV partners or sell jointly control assets. Two of these are currently underway. First one is Stuttgart. Uh, for Stuttgart, a brokerage mandate has been signed with the property in agreement with our GV partners, targeting a sell and purchase agreement to replace been placed place in quarter four this year. We have received a 16 signed non disclosure agreement and we have granted a six weeks exclusivity for one B and completion of due diligence. Second one is Badenbo. Badenbo is an asset within a date. Uh, we successfully uh, completed the quarter in October. We have finalized the buyback of the 50% interest from our co G V partner for 8.9 million dollars. Also, we have received eight offers with yet two brokers for the Veronnet asset located in the Covo area of Paris. One offer, currently under negotiation, entails the contention of a building permit for reconversion of the asset into a residential and coding project. We have granted the bidder an exclusivity until end November to further assess the feasibility of their project. Now we are refocusing our attention on the opportunistic consideration of potentially repriced markets and put our cash reserves to work. The Investment Committee is being briefed on a regular basis in Germany, France, Spain. We believe that we are well positioned to profitably deploy the mixed cash on hand, and our fundamental focus in quarter four and two, 2021 is the creation of value for unit holders through investment growth and equity acquisition. Now. I will turn things over to Hali Kash, our CFO and CIO, for the review of financial results.
3: Thank you, David. Let me start by providing some additional information on rent collections. For the third quarter 2020, the rents on German and French properties have been collected at nearly 100% and 94% respectively. As David noted previously, this is generally in line with the timeliness of pre-COVID-19 rent collection levels, with a few minor exceptions. Q4 rent collections are tracking in parallel with Q3 results. We can confirm that 100% of October rents on German assets have been collected and nearly 100% of November rents is anticipated by the end of November. As at November 4th, we already received 84% of Q4 rents on our French portfolio and we expect to receive more than 95% by the end of the quarter. Moving on to the foreign exchange rate, the effect of change in the euro foreign exchange rate on the REIT's reported result is an important element when comparing results to previous periods. As at September 30, 2020, the EuroCAD FX rate was higher at 1.5615 compared to 1.4565, as at December 31, 2019. This represents an unrealist unrealized increase of 7.2% for balance sheet items such as investment properties materialized by the positive impact of 24.8 million Canadian dollars in other comprehensive income the average year to date euro exchange rate for income statement items was 1.4933 as at september 30th 2019 compared to 1.5217 for third quarter 2020, generating a positive impact of approximately 1.9%. Turning now to the financial statements, let's discuss some major items. Net rental income for the third quarter increased from 6.1 million Canadian dollars in 2019 to 6.55 million dollars in 2020. This increase is mainly due to the positive foreign exchange rate as gains from the Arcueil acquisition and the new leases have been partially offset by the vacancy in Courbevoir this past year. David previously commented on the appraised value of the asset for the total portfolio. When adjusted to IFRS, the fair value of REIT's investment property portfolio as at 30th of September 2020 was 513, 000, 513 million Canadian dollars, compared to 478 million dollars in this at December 31, 2019. The increase is mainly attributable to foreign exchange adjustment, 34.5 million. The Q3 internal valuation of asset resulted in an increase of 156 thousand over the investment portfolio, property portfolio and a decrease of 625,000 Canadian dollars over the total portfolio. Quarterly general and administrative expenses remained relatively stable year on year from 1.36 million Canadian dollars in 2019 to 1.46 million Canadian dollars in 2020. For the 3 months ended September 30th, 2020, Finance income in a total amount of 1.6 consisted mainly of 1 million in interest on loans granted to joint ventures, 295,000 in interest earned on the remaining REO development loan balance, and 235,000 Canadian dollars gained from foreign exchange hedging contracts. Management has, taken, has undertaken further buybacks under the normal course issuer bid as the REIT's unit price has been trading at a value below its net asset value. Between May 19, 2020 and September 30, 2020, the REIT bought back 884,675 units for a total amount of 6.679 million Canadian dollars at a weighted average price of $7.55 per unit. We will now move to reviewing the MDNA. In terms of financial results for the total portfolio, including the REITs interest in joint ventures, the key points are as follows. The third quarter 2020 net rental income for our total portfolio was 8.79 million Canadian dollars, compared to 9.12 for the third quarter of 2019. The decrease is mainly attributable. To the departure of a principal tenant in the Courbevoie property in the third quarter of 2019. Q3 2019 rents include both the rent of the tenant for 338,000 dollars and an early departure indemnity for 323,000 Canadian dollars. Over the first three quarters, the net rental income for our total portfolio disc- decreased by 222,000, despite a positive ex. FX impact of $506,000. As David commented earlier, the occupancy rate of the total portfolio decreased from 92.1% to 90.1%. This decrease reflects the impact of the end of the rental guarantee in Delizy property and the vacant floor in Duisburg since the end of December 2019. However, compared to the second quarter 2020, occupancy of 8.9%, The occupancy rate has increased as a result of two new leases at the Delizy and Arrow Properties. In addition to these new leases, a lease was signed for the Metropolitan Building during the quarter for a total of 10,500 square feet for a newly leased space. As at September 30, 2020, the weighted average lease term is 3.9 years, compared to 4.5 years as at the end of December 31, 2019. In the third quarter of 2020, the REIT reported funds from operations and adjusted funds from operations of CAD 19 cents per unit and CAD 18 cents per unit, respectively, while both ratios saw an increase compared to the second quarter, where the FFO was at 16 cents and the AFFO was at 15 cents, financial performance has been affected by the cautious decision pause the 2020 investment strategy until the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the REITs business was more apparent. The weighted average interest rate across the total portfolio is 1.97%, and the debt ratio is 47.6%, comfortably within the REITs' mandated threshold of 60%. As well as the mortgage deferrals that David mentioned, management is considering other refinancing opportunities to take advantage of historically low interest rates in Europe. The REIT should be able to finance assets on a less costly basis than that offered by traditional financing in Canada. Subsequently to the quarter, on October 2, 2020, the REIT has exercised its option and acquired a 20% stake in the company that it financed to, to build the Roy property for a purchase price of 3.4 thousand Canadian dollars which will enable the REIT to crystallize the profit sharing component of the loan in the amount of 9.937 million dollars this gain in fair market value has been recognized since the inception in December of 2016 in line with the initial loan plan as the REIT is committed to the simplification of the structure and given that they had partially reached maturity the 3 the reach 3 promissory notes were redeemed sub, subsequent to quarter end resulting in the holder of the notes taking 14% in the reach units this concludes my comments on the financial statements and mdna i will now turn it back to david for and 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 your questions thank you very much
1: at this time if you would like to ask a question please press star then the number 1 on your telephone keypad We'll pause for a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Our first question comes from Brandon Abrams with Canaccord. Your line is now open.
4: Hi. Good morning. Um, I'm just wondering if you could provide an update on uh, the special review that was initiated recently. Uh, maybe you know just exactly what what drove that decision to create the uh, special committee. And as well as your expectations going forward in terms of timing and uh, potential outcomes.
3: Sure. So, uh, good morning, Brendan. The special committee uh, was put in place. Uh, so, for for information, the special committee is composed of all of the independent members of the board. So, it's a special committee which comprises all the members of the board except for Stefan Amin, uh, who is uh, not an independent board member. And the special committee is reviewing several elements, uh, elements of investment, elements of strategy. They are reviewing uh, elements related to the GNA and elements related to the asset management contract of the REIT, which is uh, up for discussion at the next uh, GNA uh, in, in, in March of, uh, in April, sorry April, May of 2021. Uh, and So this this, uh, strategic committee uh, has been meeting uh, for the past uh, seven years uh, and and deciding on the strategy of the REIT uh, during the month of November. Uh, And this uh, this time around, with the impact of the COVID and uh, with the the fact that uh, we have quite a bit of money uh, on our bank accounts and that we have not been active since the month of March due to the covid pandemic uh the uh, the decision was was taken to communicate on this uh, on this strategic committee and we expect to have the results of the committee by the end of November first week of December
4: at the latest okay uh that's great that's that's really helpful um maybe just in terms of the investment act activity um uh, recently uh, for, suit, for 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 uh, Stuttgart and uh, Cor uh if I'm pronouncing those correctly, uh, just wondering your expectations uh, in terms of pricing uh, for those assets, whether they would be in line with uh, your current uh, IFRS values and um, you know what you see as the potential timeline uh, in terms of the sale of, of those two assets so uh, as far as we other- uh,
2: oh, sorry let me go ahead. Go ahead.
4: I was saying on, as far
3: as Stuttgart is concerned, we, uh, we accept an offer which is around or slightly higher than, uh, than the, uh, the IFR, IFRS uh, numbers, and we hope to sign an SPA by the end of the year with the transaction that should conclude uh, after administrative uh, issues are sorted uh, towards the end of the first quarter of 2021. Sorry, 2021. And regarding Courbevoie, the, uh, the offer that has been uh, selected is higher than the uh, existing uh, existent, uh, IFRS value. However, it is subject to uh, the obtention of a permit, uh, and therefore uh, we have not yet uh, finalized the due diligence with the, with the buyer. And so we will know by the end of the year if uh,
4: if it's an interesting offer to pursue or not. Okay, that's uh that's great. And then just last question for me before I turn it over. Um obviously the REIT has been carrying a, a pretty high cash balance uh for the last few quarters, uh just undeployed capital. Um this has led to uh you know above uh above 100% payout ratio. Just wondering in terms of uh uh the potential for deploying this capital um you know what what type of opportunities you're seeing in the market and uh maybe expectations uh for timing timing of closing some acquisitions so the the we uh, we're, you, we're
3: uh...
4: go ahead david I
2: mean, ju- ju- yeah sorry just just one point i mean just to to um uh, just Brandon, just to give you a, an impact to the, the strategy committee, that the purpose of the strategy committee is exactly that.'s to analyze all the opportunities that we have because we have buyback of joint venture which are possible and we have opportunities in the market, Hali will tell you right away what, what they are. So there are so many opportunities that the, the, the key driver of the decision for us is to see how we increase the, basically the NOI, so the numerator of our O ratios so that we can improve the, the performance of the REIT, the FFO, the FFO, and, and all the parameters. So that, that's the reason. And the reason that is driving the strategy committee is that there are lots of opportunities, buybacks and others. So, Khalid, now we, we give you a, a highlight on what we see just on the market. Uh, sorry for this introduction, but I wanted to clarify the, the link between the opportunities and the strategy committee. Khalil, please. No,
3: no, you're absolutely right. So as far as the opportunities are concerned, we have... Uh, we have been explaining for several years that the joint ventures are potential pipeline for the future. So part of the, uh, part of the uh, use of funds would be uh, some of the joint ventures, which we deem as accretive and where uh, we feel that the REIT has, uh, should uh, acquire and, 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 and keep on a longer term. Uh, and then there are, of course, opportunities in the market, whether it's in France, in Germany. And uh, we've been looking closely at Spain for quite some time now with the REIT. Uh, And in all three of those markets, uh, we feel that there could be opportunities that the REIT could uh, benefit from. Uh, And as David pointed out, the reinvestment of the cash that is available uh, will uh, definitely boost most of the numbers from the payout ratio to the AFFO to the FFO
4: uh, and, and, and the cash flow in general. Okay, that's uh, that's very helpful. Thanks. I'll turn it over.
1: And again, ladies and gentlemen, to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Our next question comes from the line of Jenny Ma with BMO Capital Markets. Your line is now open. Jenny Ma with BMO Capital Markets. Your line is open.
0: Hi. Sorry about that. I was on mute. Um, I think it's a good afternoon on your end. I um, wanted to uh, ask a question about the, uh, the Corbevois vacancy that, uh, that's been in there for a while, just wondering if there's an update on leasing and whether or not your discussions on the potential asset sale uh, would be subject to any sort of lease up or, or consideration in your, in your negotiation.
3: So, thanks for the question, Jenny. So the, on the Courbevoie asset, the vacancy was uh, in end of the third quarter of 2019, uh, and so uh, it was put up for uh, letting uh, immediately uh, after the departure of the tenant and, and also a little bit before. Um, the vacancy on the asset is quite substantial because we're talking about a vacancy of around uh, 55 to 60 percent after the departure of this tenant. The the, the strategy that we decided to go with, and that's the reason why we decided to put it on the market, is because we feel at this level of vacancy that the asset is better used uh, in in, in a different uh, configuration. And Mm -hmm. so it is uh, easier to redevelop an asset when you have more than 50% of the asset which is vacant. Then, when you have 85% of occupancy on the property. So something which we could not consider before uh, is now considerable. And the offers that we received were all uh, in line with this consideration because all of the offers that we received uh, aimed for a conversion of the asset uh, from an office building into something which is uh, more in line with residential, co-living, Uh, and and other types of of this bracket of of product. So the the process that we have entered into now is is a simple due diligence. Most of the offers that we received are subject to the obtention of the permit, and the permit is currently being discussed with the City Hall of Corbevois. So we feel very strongly that if we sign an exchange contract by the end of the, the year, on the Courbevoir property that uh, the, uh, the, the person we will sign with would have done the sufficient uh, due diligence and the sufficient communication with the city hall to be able to go uh, through till the end and acquire the property.
0: Okay. Is there any sort of delay in obtaining the permit from the city just because of COVID, or uh, you know, what, what's the time frame you expect to be able to get that permit? We,
3: we don't. We don't. For the moment, we have not been impacted by any delays from the from the COVID situation because the uh, governmental uh, agencies are working more or less normally. Uh, of course, there, there's a lot less permits being deposited, so that helps uh when, when you have people that are uh not necessarily working at 100% uh the the delays that we are looking at for the moment are between 6 to 9 months be- between the obtention and the purging of the preemption right uh of the uh sorry the uh recourse right of the of the neighborhood
0: okay So this is Um, a transaction
3: that would close. mm -hmm. Sorry, Jenny. This is a transaction that should be expected to close if we if we sign the exchange contract by the end of the year. That should expect to close uh, between September and December of 2021.
0: September to December of 2021. Okay, so then I guess it's fair to say that you're not really working on filling that vacancy, then, given the intention to to redevelop on the part of most of the bidders.
3: Not not, not at this point. I mean, okay, uh, the the, uh, the the asset is, as we speak, the asset is worth more uh, vacant than it is than mm. it is worth occupied.
0: Okay, that's great, color. Thank you. Uh, And then turning to sort of the allocation of your cash, I I understand you're working on some acquisition opportunities, but I'm wondering um, in in terms of sort of financial options, uh, would you be considering a higher volume of unit buybacks than what you've done year to date? Um, And then also I know you guys did some debt deferrals as well. Just wondering what the thinking was, behind that? Is it really just um, you know, opportunistically taking advantage of these deferrals? Because from a cash perspective, it, it doesn't really look like they're necessary.
3: Alors, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it was a mixture of opportunistic and of uh, uh, good sense at the moment uh, because uh, the deferrals were done quite quickly in the second quarter. So mm-hmm. as soon as uh, the, compl- the situation started to get complicated in, in, in March, uh, we very quickly contacted most of our banks and uh, asked for the deferrals that we were allowed to ask for by government uh, decree, and that was much more uh, in line in France than it was in Germany. Uh, we, we pursued with those deferrals during the third quarter, uh, allowing us to have uh, additional cash while keeping in mind that uh, the one or the assets where the deferrals have occurred the LTV ratios are relatively low, so the deferral of the amortisation to, to, to the end of the uh, to the maturity of the loan uh, will not uh, generate additional stress on the cash flow in the following in the following, uh, following years. So it's not a loan which is uh, specifically deferred to be repaid. It's a def- loan which is deferred uh, mostly until maturity for most of them, and so uh, it is some sort of a form of refinancing, a small form of refinancing. Uh, which which we did. And so we benefited from that, uh, even though, uh, as you you pointed out, our cash flow and our rent collection has been relatively high. Okay. And as far as your first first question is concerned, uh, we we are continuing the NCID program for the moment. Uh, We will readjust uh, our our numbers uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, to see uh, for the for the for the coming year, uh, if we decide to uh, to propose a, a larger buyback, or if we stick to the NCIB, and it all depends, of course, on the on the unit price of the of the REIT. Okay, great.
0: Um, and then my last question is uh, whether or not you have any update on your discussions with uh, Orange and their uh, upcoming lease maturity in a couple of years.
3: So the lease maturity on the Arcueil building is in 2023 with a break option at the end of 2021. Uh, We are in discussions with them on the signing of a new lease. There's nothing uh, definite as as I speak to you in order to be able to give you any more information or more communication, but the discussions are ongoing, and we are hopeful that Orange should should sign sign a lease. Uh, Hopefully, before the end of uh, their next break option, and not uh, before the end of the lease in 2023.
0: Okay, great.
1: Thank you very much. I'll turn it back. Thank you. There are no further questions in queue. I'll turn the call to David Giroux for our closing comments.
2: Okay, thank you, Nancy. So if there is no more question, we just wanted to thank you again for uh, speaking to this call. We are uh, very optimistic for the future, even so the situation is a bit gloomy in Europe and in North America at the, at the time. But we think that uh, there are a lot of opportunities ahead uh, of us, and hopefully for the next quarter we'll uh, give you more in about our plan for the very near future. Thank you so much to all of you. and Goodbye.
1: This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.